You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hello there, Sheep Spotters. Welcome to episode 22 of the Sheep Spot Podcast. I'm Sasha from Sheepspot.com. We offer diverse hand-dyed wools and the information and support you need to make beautiful yarns. And today, I'm super excited about this episode. We are diving deep into the topic of default yarn and specifically into measuring your default yarn so that you know everything you can about it. Now, why go to all the trouble of measuring your default yarn? You may be saying, Sasha, I know what my default yarn is because I have skeins and skeins and skeins of it. I know what it looks like. Well, as you know, I'm getting ready to teach an online class on how to break out of a default yarn rut. And today's podcast is actually based on one of the first exercises that I'm going to have my students do in that class. If you're going to move away from something, it's good to know exactly what it is you're moving away from. So if you're going to move away from your default yarn, it's useful to know exactly what your default yarn is. And the process of really analyzing some of your default yarn is going to teach you a ton about your tendencies as a spinner. Also, in general, it's just useful to know how to do these me measurements. You won't need them for every skein of hand spun you ever spin. I, frankly, rarely go to the trouble of making all these measurements. But I do know how to do them if I need them. And they allow me to talk to other spinners about my hand spun in very precise ways. And when I'm trying to tweak something about my yarn, Knowing my baseline is really, really helpful because it allows me to check my progress. Now, before we get going, I want to let you know that I have an awesome freebie for you this week. And in fact, it is so awesome that it actually has two parts. The first is a detailed step-by-step -step guide to measuring your yarn, which is going to show you exactly how to discover the length, width, twist angle, twist per inch, and grist of a skein of your hand spun. The second part is a worksheet where you can record your measurements for a particular skein. And since it's a PDF, you can make as many copies of the worksheet as you like for different skeins of hand spun. As always, this week's freebie is yours when you describe, when, <laughs> when you describe to my newsletter. No, it's yours when you subscribe to my newsletter. So to grab it, head over to sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 22. If you're already a newsletter subscriber, thank you. And there will be a link to download the freebie in this week's newsletter. There will also be a link to the transcript. And the transcripts are something that I only make available to my newsletter subscribers. So we're going to measure your default yarn. Before we get started, let's think and talk about the tools you're going to need to gather 
before you start. You know from the spinning wheel spa maintenance episode that I am a big proponent of gathering up all the necessary tools that you're going to need before you undertake a project. So here's what you're going to need. One or two skeins of your default hand spun. So just pick a couple of skeins that you spun easily and without thinking about it a ton. You're going to need your nitty knotty. You're going to need a wraps per inch tool or a ruler. Uh, or you can use a spinner's control card if you have one. You're going to need a twist gauge. And if you don't have one, you can DIY one with a protractor. Protractors are really cheap and you can get one at any office supply store. Uh, and I'm going to provide you with a link to instructions about how to make one with a protractor. You're going to need either a yarn ba balance or a digital kitchen scale. And if you're working with very fine singles, you're going to need good lighting and maybe a magnifying glass for measuring the twist angle. Okay, so you got everything? Good. Let's dive in. So first, we're going to talk about how to measure the length of your yarn. This one's pretty straightforward. You're probably doing this one already. And basically, in order to get the total yardage in a skein, you just multiply the number of loops in your skein, the number of strands, by the length of the loop made by the Nitty Knotty that you use to take that yarn off the bobbin. So the formula for this is the number of loops in the skein times the length of the loop in yards, and that will give you the total yards in the skein. Um, if you don't know what your Nitty Knotty does, how um, big of a loop it gives you, you can figure that out using a uh, just an ordinary tape measure should be, if, it, if it's a decent length, you should be able to use that. And you would just wrap it around your Nitty Knotty in the way that you would wrap around uh, the yarn when you're winding it off the bobbin. So, for example, my shacked Nitty Knotty actually has two settings. It can make one yard or two yard skeins, but I always use the two yard setting. So I count the loops in the skein, I multiply by two, and that gives me my yardage. Now, a couple of caveats here, because this measuring technique is not going to give you perfect results, and here's why. Your yarn is under tension when you're taking it off the bobbin. So when it's on the Knitty Knotty, you're winding it off and it's under some tension. So your actual yardage in the skein is going to be slightly shorter when the yarn is relaxed, and that's when you're actually working with it, right? So make sure that you have a little more than you need for whatever pattern you're planning for that yarn. The second caveat um, is that since we generally use the Nitty Knotty and skein up our yarn as we're removing it from the bobbin, this formula gives us a measurement of our unfinished yarn. So be aware that some yarns are going to change length a bit in finishing and make a plan for this. So for example, if you're working with a very crimpy fine wool and you're working with it in comb top, often those wools will actually be steamed as they go through the top machine. 
and that flattens out the crimp. When that wool hits water again, that crimp is going to reactivate and the fibers are going to shorten. So if you are working with time comb top of a very crimpy fine wool that has been steamed and processing, and it's an undyed wool, then you can predict that Targi, Cormo, Rambouillet, any of those wools, Merino does this a little bit, but less in a less pronounced way, that those wools are going to shorten and thicken when the water hits them and the crimp reactivates. So just build in a little margin for that. If the fiber's been dyed, then it's already hit the water in the dyeing process and you don't have to worry about it. You're not going to see such a pr- pronounced difference. Um, but again, it's just something to be have in the back of your mind because I would hate to have you embark on a knitting project that requires, you know, 600 yards and actually you only have 580. Uh, so build in a little margin. Okay, next, we're going to measure the width of our yarn. So we do this with a wraps per inch tool. You can also use a ruler. Um, or you can use a spinner's control card. So let's talk about the wraps per inch tool. There are m- millions of these available. They're, they're pretty easy to get. There are lots of designs available. So you probably have one around. So when you're wrapping your yarn around the rip- wraps per inch tool, you want to keep each loop snug up against the last one, but you don't want to cram them together. And you don't want to stretch the yarn by pulling it too tightly as you wrap, because that's going to distort your measurements. So what you should be thinking as you are wrapping your yarn around your wraps per inch tool is imagine if your yarn was feeling extremely relaxed and very pleased with itself. So wants to sort of cuddle up with with itself. So relaxed, pleased with itself, and it just wraps itself around the tool. That's what you want to go for when you're actually wrapping the yarn. And I hope that visual is helpful to you. Similarly, if you are using a spinner's control card, what you want to do is uh, lay that spinner's control card over a relaxed length of your yarn and... Um, you want the line on the spinner's control card to completely cover that strand of yarn. And that will give you a fairly accurate wraps per inch measurement. Okay, so don't do it the other way. I did this for years and I was never very happy with the results. So don't put the, um, the yarn over the wraps per, over the spinner's control card, put the spinner's control card over the yarn. I find that gives me a, a little more precision. Okay. Now we're going on to look at the twist in your skein. So here you're going to actually measure two different aspects of your yarn, which are related, but different. And they have different implications in terms of how the yarn's going to behave. So to measure the twist angle, what I want you to do is to lay your yarn over your twist angle gauge 
and move it until the angle at which the fibers are twisted matches one of the lines on the gauge. And you can do this with um, both singles and with your plied yarn. And I like to actually rec record both. So I'll record the twist angle for the singles and for the plied yarn. Now, t and uh, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say something prescriptive about twist angle, but I'm just going to restrain myself. Um, so to measure the twist per inch, again, this is a different thing from twist angle. I want you to use applied yarn or a plyback sample. Either will work. And you're going to lay the relaxed yarn parallel to your ruler. And you're going to count the bumps in a one inch length of the yarn and divide that by the number of plies. So your formula is number of bumps in one inch of yarn divided by the number of plies. And again, all these formulas are in the freebie for today. And if your eyes glaze over when it comes to uh, <laughs> basic arithmetic, as mine do, uh, everything is, I've sort of stepped it out for you in the worksheets. So you can just go, go step by step and just take it one thing at a time and you'll end up with the right number. Okay, so that's twist. Finally, we're going to measure the grist or the density of your yarn. So what the heck is grist and why does it matter? Um, so think about two yarns, um, a woolen yarn and a worsted yarn. And if you need uh, help on those, there's a handout on woolen and worsted uh, also available. I'll try to remember to put that into the show notes. So you've got a woolen yarn and a worsted yarn. And they're the exact same length, the exact same width. They have the same amount of twist, but they can still be extremely different yarns. And they're going to behave in very different ways, depending on how dense they are. And spinners call the density of a yarn its grist. Grist is usually expressed, um, at least in North America, as and maybe elsewhere as well. Um, I'm not sure about whether there's whether we talk about um, grams per meter in the metric world, but anyway, usually North America we express this as yards per pound. Now, there are two situations in which it's really important to know about grist, and one is when you're trying to duplicate a commercial yarn or match a recommended yarn in a knitting pattern because grist is really going to have a lot of impact on how the yarn behaves in terms of how much drape your final fabric has. So if there's, if you're looking at a knitter, knitting pattern and you really love the way that garment falls, you want to be working with a yarn that has similar grist to the recommended yarn. The other situation in which it's really useful to think about grist is when you're estimating the amount of fiber you're going to need to produce a certain number of yards of yarn. So say you're spinning for a sweater and you're trying to figure out whether you have enough fiber to actually spin the length of yarn that you need. You can spin a sample 
measure the grist. And from that, you can extrapolate how much of the fiber you're going to need. Um, this is, of course, assuming that the yarn that you actually end up spinning for your sweater is consistent with your sample. Uh, and we've talked about that in the consistency episode, um, both the consistency episodes, the one about singles and about the one about plying. So look back at those if you need a refresher. Um, so if you're trying to figure out how much fiber you need to spin for that sweater, then absolutely you need to know grist. So we, we can measure grist in a couple of ways using a couple of tools. So you either need a digital scale and these are, you know, widely available. You can get them at kitchen shops. You can get them on Amazon. They're not very expensive and they're really useful fiber tool just generally. Excuse me. I don't know if you can hear Zora screaming at me to get in here, but if you can, I apologize. I promise she's not being injured by anything. Just sounds that way. Um, so you need a digital scale or you need something called a yarn balance. And this is a specialized tool, sometimes called the McMorrin yarn balance. Um, you can get them at any, sh most shops that carry spinning stuff will have a yarn balance. So let's talk about how to determine grist using a digital scale first. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to measure out 10 yards of your yarn and then weigh it. And unless this is some crazy massive yarn, uh, those 10 yards are likely to weigh less than one ounce. So you now need to determine how many yards would weigh one ounce. Here's how to do this. You take the weight of your 10 yards, which is going to be expressed by your digital scale as a decimal. So point something of an ounce. And you divide that number into one. And then you multiply the result by 10 to get the number of yards in one ounce. So let's say my 10 yards weighs 0.2 ounces. One divided by 0.2 is five. So I multiply five by 10 and my yarn is thus 50 yards per ounce. Okay, so my 10 yards multiplied by um, the weight divided into one, that gives you your yards per ounce. And again, I step you through all of this in the worksheet. To get the number of yards per pound, you're gonna take that number and multiply it by 16. So my yards, my yarn is 50 yards per ounce. I multiply 50 by 16, and that gives me the number, uh, 16 is the number of ounces in a pound. So that gives me 800. And that means that my yarn's grist is 800 yards per pound. If you're using a yarn balance, on the other hand, things are a little bit simpler. So, but you have to actually buy the tool. I think they cost about $25. So if you're using a yarn balance, you want to place the balance at the edge of a level surface, like a table or a counter. 
and set the pins in the balancing bar into the notches at the top of the box. This will make sense to you if you've actually seen one of these tools. Um, and then you want to lay a length of yarn over the bar and it should be able to dangle off the edge of the table. Then with a scissor, you want to cut pieces of the off the yarn, just little by little, bit by bit, until the bar on the balance is level. Then you multiply the length of the balancing yarn in inches by 100 to get the yards per pound. So let's say I do this exercise, I snip away at my yarn until the um, bar is level and the resulting piece of yarn, which I'm calling the balancing yarn, the resulting piece of yarn is 6.5 inches long. I multiply 6.5 by 100 and the result is 650. So my yarn's grist is 650 yards per pound. Okay, now Again, you may be thinking, this is a lot of work, Sasha. So here's, I want to tell you what the payoff is from my perspective. So once you've done these measurements, you're going to know a lot about your yarn that you might not have known before. You'll have a rough idea of your yardage. You'll know the wraps per inch, so you can estimate where your yarn would fall relative to commercial yarn weights. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to Ravelry's table of standard yarn weights which includes wraps per inch. You'll know both your angle of twist and your twist per inch, which will tell you something about both the hand of your yarn and how well it's going to wear, how susceptible it is to pilling. And you'll know the grist or the density of your yarn, which will allow you to estimate how much of that fiber you would need to spin a particular yardage. You'll also know a lot more about your own tendencies as a spinner and about how to make changes in your default yarn. So let's say you want to get more yardage out of a certain amount of fiber. You'll need to address both the width of your yarn and its grist. If you want your yarn to feel softer, you'll want to adjust your angle of twist. If you want to increase the durability of your yarn, you can increase the twist per inch in the plied yarn. And if you want to spin a yarn specifically to match a knitting pattern, you'll want to match not only the diameter of the recommended commercial yarn, you'll also want to match the grist. So that is it for me this week. I really hope this episode has been useful to you. So don't forget that you can download your yarn measuring guide and the worksheet at sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 22. You will also find some additional resources on measuring yarn uh, in the show notes. And those are resources that I haven't actually mentioned in the episode, um, along with links to the stuff I have mentioned in the episode. And last but not least, if you are eager to leave your default yarn behind, do sign up for my online class, Bust Your Spinning Ruts. We are going to have so much fun, and I promise that you will learn a ton. 
You can find out more at sheepspot.com slash online classes. Have a wonderful week, my friends. I will see you next week. And in the meantime, dudes, go spin something.